Uh, good morning, everybody, and thank you for the opportunity of sharing God's Word with us. And we've been in this series of Spirit-Filled Living. It's one of our sort of church values, our essentials. And uh, really, really impressed on me now is that we're going to be journeying through specifically and particularly over the next kind of few weeks on the gifts of the Spirit, or as I like to say, the spiritual gifts. And the reason why we're doing this is on the topic of the Holy Spirit, God continues, I believe, to want to grow us and mature us. And as we'll see in Scripture later on, the Holy Spirit really wants to encourage us to pursue the gifts of the Spirit. So we have to talk about those spiritual gifts. So it's going to be a great opportunity for us to start a journey today, particularly looking at spiritual gifts. And if you've got your Bibles with you, um, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or at least turn on your phones to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to read the first 12 verses, 1 to 12. And because, uh, helpfully, at least in the NIV version, it's even subtitled, Concerning Spiritual Gifts. So a good place to start as we journey through this as a church family in the next season. So this is what it says. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit takes the Holy Spirit even for us to confess in faith that Christ Jesus is our Lord. But it goes on to say this, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. I've listed nine there, I believe. All these, all these nine gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he, he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Spiritual gifts are for the common good, are for the brothers and sisters in the family of Christ. In fact, they are for one another, and as we'll see in the wider context of the New Testament, the gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts, are not just for edification, but they're also for evangelism. They are to build the body up, but also to grow the church body and the church family as well. How many of you have ever received a gift which you love and you're so grateful for, and then you realize in that gift, you're like, it's not just for me. That gift that was given was actually partly for the person who gave it as well. 
Am I right? Or when you've, you've given a gift, it's actually for the family or for whoever is around you at the time you receive the gift, you realize, oh, that's for other people as well. My wife, Hannah, last year for my birthday, she got me incredible gifts. She got me a barbecue. And not only did she get me a barbecue, she put the barbecue together for me. But at, at least the third time of barbecuing that week, I realized this gift isn't just for me, is it? This gift is for my family. This gift is for whoever comes round that I would choose to cook on it and to feed them. The gift that was given unto me was to help feed others, to help nourish others, to even provide comfort food for my children. In the same way, the gifts of the Spirit, the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives unto us, isn't for us. It's for each other. It's for us to build one another up and also help people come into the church family, help witness, help evangelize, help share the gospel of Jesus who died and rose again for us, that we may have a relationship with God. Spiritual gifts are not for us, they're for one another. And so I've titled this message, um, Spiritual Gifts, Build Up Others. But I hope in the context of all the sessions we have on spiritual gifts, we would realize it is he, he is the gift, the Holy Spirit is the gift that keeps on emphasis on gifting. Yes, he gives, but he gives us Gifts, And we're going to look a, a bit more into that in a point later. But what I want to draw, at least from the beginning of this time together, is in that context of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll, say, we'll see, it says twice in verse 4, and then again in verse 9, that the Holy Spirit, He distributes them. The gifts of the Spirit come from the Holy Spirit, which helps reinforce the fact that we've been learning the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity, is in fact a person. He is a person. And so when we launched this series, at least this year, we had Magdi share on the person of the Holy Spirit, which I'd like to just quickly come back on as he shared from John chapter 14 to 16, did a whirlwind tour through that. This is Jesus teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I've just picked a couple of verses, three verses from John chapter 14, 15 and 16, just to reinforce the Holy Spirit is a person. And here's some actions that the Holy Spirit does. If it comes up on the board, yes. Look, look at this. The Holy Spirit, he teaches, he reminds, he testifies, he guides, he speaks to people. He hears what is on God's heart and he tells it. In that context, you also got that he convicts. And today we're learning that the Holy Spirit gives. But if that isn't enough to kind of help formulate the Holy Spirit as a person in our lives, look also what Paul has to say about the Holy Spirit in Romans and Ephesians. He talks about the emotion and the will, the will of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit, he intercedes in us with groans. That's deeply emotional. The Holy Spirit is full of emotion for the heart of God and for you and groans and prays through you. 
Not only that, but in Ephesians chapter 4, we hear in Paul's reading, when you read it, it talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit. We can sadden the Holy Spirit when we don't follow him, when we don't heed his call or his advice or whatever he is doing in our lives. And then later in Acts 13 verse 2, in talking about the will of God, we hear the Holy Spirit actually say, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the ministry I'm calling them to. That's the Holy Spirit who said that, not the Father or the Son. In the context, it's clear. The Holy Spirit even calls, chooses people with a calling to do something, to operate with them. And actually in the Bible, we see in the New Testament, it's at that point we see Barnabas and Paul going to this mission ministry of cross-culturally overseas, doing mad things for the kingdom of God and establishing his church elsewhere. And back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, it talks about the Holy Spirit determines what gifts each of us get. He chooses He's the leader. He gets to choose what you get. He chooses what he gifts you with. It's a bit different in our day and age when we're doing gifts, when we're getting people gifts and presents. Uh, I'm not sure about you, but like, hopefully sometimes you've experienced not knowing what to get. And so you ask that person, what can I get you for Father's Day? Sometimes I wish people did ask before giving. <laughs> what can I get? I'm fine with the Nando sauce, by the way. That wasn't snobbing on that. What can I get you for your birthday? What can I get you for Christmas? Now, here's the thing. Got a lovely pack of celebrations here. There's only eight flavors. I tried to find the chocolate with nine different flavors, but for the sake of today, eight flavors. Tim, what is your favorite flavor celebration? Snickers. Snickers. Well done. <laughs> He's got the upgrade one. So Snickers is Tim's favorite celebration. But, we rehearsed this well, but I'm going to give you a galaxy caramel because I'm choosing what you get. I know you're, fake. you're not happy about this, are you? But I tell you what, Tim, that gift isn't for you. I know, because Magdy corrected me from offering the wrong sweet in the last service, I know Magdy's favourite sweet from the celebrations is a galaxy caramel. And so, Tim, I'd like you to give the gift. No, no, don't open it. Give the gift to, T to Magdi. These guys, you never get, never get ministers or church leaders to help you out with your illustrations because they always sabotage it. He, he tried licking it in the first one just to taste it. Jeez, have you learned anything from COVID? Anyway, we don't get to choose the gift. Enjoy it. Because I know, I know that's what you want. The, uh, the Holy Spirit, yes. The Holy Spirit knows what you need. Holy Spirit knows what this family needs. The Holy Spirit knows what every brother and sister would need to build them up, to strengthen them, to bring what is necessary in that time, in that specific case. The Holy Spirit, let me emphasize this, as a person, he leads, he chooses he determines. But here's the thing. I think it's very easy for us and for myself through my journey and walk with the Holy Spirit to sometimes, as, and we've been mentioned before, reduce the Holy Spirit simply to a power, 
So this is kind of like a corrective, and sorry if it's an oversteer, but I think it does help. Some of the confusion comes from, I guess, when um, at the end of Luke and at the beginning of Acts, who is written by Luke, Jesus says, wait, and the Holy Spirit will clothe you with power. But in that context, it's so that you could be Jesus' witnesses to the ends of the earth. And you get that again in the beginning of Acts, so that you'd be my witnesses in Jerusalem, all of Samaria, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So the Holy Spirit has an emphasis, which we'll talk about later as well, about the witness and the evangelism, about the message of the gospel. And Tim rightly said, and it's in Luke's, chapter, uh, Luke's gospel, that actually the Holy Spirit himself is a gift given by the Father. How much more will your heavenly Father gift you the gift of the Holy Spirit when you ask? So the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit, he is a gift that keeps on giving. What I want to kind of share as a family for us to grow in is understanding that none of us are getting a different version of the Holy Spirit. Because from the context of uh, 1 Corinthians 12, when it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, you can see that what Paul is trying to do is not saying, not everyone has all the gifts, right? That, that's the challenge, is understanding in a church family, together we are complete. All the gifts should manifest themselves one way or another through the Holy Spirit, through the brothers and sisters, not through the platform, not simply through leaders or people who've been revved up, through all of us, yes. through you sitting there, the gift of the Holy Spirit is that he keeps on giving you gifts to build one another up and not, hear, hear me now, not just on a Sunday, not just in this beautiful series on the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit would lead us with spiritual gifts in our daily lives if we follow him, if we listen to him, if we learn how the Holy Spirit wants to speak and talk to us in our daily lives, not just now, but actually every day. And so the Holy Spirit isn't 60% with you, 50% here, 30% there, all 90% there, they're really holy. No, the same Holy Spirit that we heard Dan talk about rose Jesus from the grave lives in you, lives in us. And the Holy Spirit hasn't come ill-equipped. So the Holy Spirit, being the Holy Spirit, has all nine gifts. And in your life, he has all nine gifts. That's not to say you'll operate in all nine. But here's a toolkit I've got, and hopefully this will help you. When there's different jobs around the house, I may need to use a hammer to bang in some nails. But then I put that down, and maybe there's something else that needs to be done with a different effect, with a different need. Maybe I need to tighten something with a spanner. Maybe I actually need to unscrew something or screw something in. And so as I've worked with my dad and father-in-law, what I've realized is at times... I'll use the hammer, and then I'll hand it back. But that doesn't mean I can't use it again. The Holy Spirit in our lives, we may operate in a gifting, and then not for a while, maybe move on to something else. But maybe the Holy Spirit says, no, to build this person up, I want you to reuse the hammer. Here, have a go. What I like about the illustration I shared just a second ago with Tim and Magdi is that Tim no longer has that gift, right? He's, he needs it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we've run out, actually. We've used two, so uh, that's it. You're going to have to have another edification gift there. But what I'm trying to get, the Holy Spirit doesn't run out. 
So let's not limit him to our personal experience of what we've operated in before and realize actually it's not a one-time thing and it's not a one-type thing. The Holy Spirit in you has the potential to choose any of those nine gifts and use them in a certain setting. And it doesn't even have to be this setting. The Holy Spirit is not going to run out. You can't run out with the Holy Spirit in you. And here's the amazing thing that Jesus promised. I'll send my spirit. Get this. When we're talking about spiritual gifts, they come from who? The Holy Spirit. This is something I've realized maybe in my prayer life. I, hadn't, I haven't journeyed quite straightforward that way from the beginning. I think I've pictured Jesus high in heaven giving me the gift. I prayed to the Father. I prayed to the Son. Said, Give me this gift or help me build up the church by giving me a gift. But it says here it's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is with us. In fact, even more closer than that, he's in you. The Holy Spirit as a person dwells in you. So you don't need to be reaching far off, thinking far off and have you, you're wanting that spiritual gift or you're wanting to help build somebody up with this spiritual gift. Actually, the Holy Spirit is in you, which means the gifts of the Spirit are well within reach. And not only that, what we have to understand when we say about the Holy Spirit having will, the Holy Spirit cares so much about building up your brother and sister. He cares so much about the building up of the church. He cares so much about the evangelism and the witness to this dying and broken world that he is so willing to give. Sometimes we don't realize he's so much more willing to give than at occasions and at times we're even willing to receive. The Holy Spirit cares so much for your brother and sister. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to keep on giving and giving and giving. And let me re-emphasize that, gifting, gifting and gifting us all to help build one another up and even to witness, to share about Jesus being our Lord and Savior. We're called to build one another up and the call comes from a person who is also a gift, but keeps on gifting. The toolkit analogy. I don't know, some of you may have operated in gifts before. Maybe this is completely new for you. But I do believe there is some prophetic message for us as a church family, not limited to our series, where we have once been operating in a gift or used a gift before. And I really believe the Spirit's heart is to say, I'm going to reactivate you. And we're going to even have some time later on just to ask the Holy Spirit to have his way, fill us, and to give us whatever gift he wants us to, to minister to somebody else today. Now, one of the confusions, again, or just a, a progressive understanding I'd like to address, which we haven't really done in detail yet, even though I'm only going to give an intro, is simply these phrases, to be born of the Spirit and to be filled by the Spirit, because there is some differentiation. I would say if you read through the New Testament, you can see there is actually a distinct, these things are separate things, but actually part of the same whole, if you want, like two sides of the same coin. When we're born of the Spirit, that's like when we're born again, right? John's Gospel, you're born again by the Holy Spirit, by the Spirit 
at work in your life. It's when we confess Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. In fact, it's the Spirit's work in us to even bring us to repentance. So please don't think I'm saying anyone here is not a Christian because I haven't talked about them being filled with the Spirit. Let me just say, from the moment you are born, reborn, you are filled with a new interaction with God where you can actually come into relationship with him. But that's the, the, the picture. You're born, you're just a spiritual baby. And this is the encouragement we see through all of the gospel, through the New Testament, is actually you grow. And as you grow in the Lord, as you grow in the Spirit, there's this phrase that's used, be filled and filled and filled, repeatedly filled over. And what goes from you and your relationship, edifying you and God, progresses to care more as well about witness. You're empowered to witness. You're filled with the Spirit to witness, to evangelize, to share the gospel. And so here's some proofs. The confession of faith is a proof of being born again. And then you're baptized. That's an that's a, you know, illustration. It's a procedure we do here, water baptism. But it shows us being born, not just again, but born into a church family, into a family of faith, where you are expected as being born again to show characteristics of Christ. It is like God's seed is planted in you so that you would grow and show the fruit of God in your life, which incidentally is nine as well, found in Galatians chapter five. But if you are following the Spirit and continuing to walk with him, then there's this idea of being filled again. There's not one Pentecost and that's it, over, job done. I've got that tick on the box. And what you find is when you are filled with the Spirit, the, the sign, okay, I know we love our formulas and putting God in boxes and things like that, but the sign you can see through the New Testament is when people are filled with the Holy Spirit, using that context, they are bold in witness. They're courageous about sharing the gospel. Now, at times you will see they mark these occasions where people have been prayed for and laid on of hands. That is true, but it is not always the case. And some would speak in tongues and some would prophesy. And therefore we get, following that, the gifts of the Spirit, spiritual gifts. Now, this is again where I'm just going to touch on it because I think it's helpful because people get confused about this. But when we talk about tongues... There's two distinctive tongues. There are many languages, but there are two distinctive tongues. So there's a tongue that people speak when they're filled that is personal. It edifies themselves before the Lord. They speak in a language, or maybe they speak a couple of words that they themselves do not know, but they worship the Lord with it. And those around them, if it's spoken out, they don't understand them. The other tongues, which you'll see in 1 Corinthians 12 that I talked about, are tongues that are to edify the church, which means they have to be understood. So somebody may speak in a tongue that they don't understand, but that same spirit would give somebody else a gift. It requires another gift, the gift of interpretation, for that tongue to be shared because the purpose is to build the body up. And there's some prescriptions in there too where it's like three or four people get to sort of use that or speak on that and wait on that. But this is what I want to share. There's a progression from being born 
where you're literally a spiritual baby and you grow and grow and there's a point later after being born that you are filled and filled and your heart is moved towards sharing the gospel in whatever context the Holy Spirit would lead and guide you to. So spiritual birth and then empowered for witness. And there's these two types of tongues. And just simply to say, it's my personal testimony, this has happened in my life. At the age of seven, I was raised in a Christian household. Praise God for that opportunity. And at seven, I realized that I myself could have a personal relationship with Jesus, the risen Jesus. He died and rose again, and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. Didn't get much else, but that was enough for me to start a personal walk with Jesus. It took 10 years, I would say, 10 years. At the age of 17, I was in a context with some other, Tim had sent me off, and where I didn't know people, and people were praying for me. And they did on that occasion lay hands on me, but they weren't like the spiritual leaders of the group. Other young people around me who were filled with the Spirit prayed for me. And as they prayed for me, for me anyway, how it happened was I just had syllables coming up my head. Not even sure if they're whole words, and I just started speaking them out. I spoke in tongues, but I don't want to get too focused on that. The thing I want to share is from that day, I noticed something had radically changed in my life that now I was really bold about sharing the good news of Jesus. My whole life changed at 17 because I was filled with the Spirit and continually being filled by the Spirit to share the goodness of God openly, unashamed. Maybe at times embarrassed at how the conversation went, but actually unashamed of Jesus. There was something significantly different, and I believe that is true for us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. There is something about the boldness and courage of speaking about Jesus that, that I've matured into that did not happen at original rebirth, you will. But for some, it may be instantaneous, because I can understand when you finally realize you're forgiven of all the stuff you've done, the trash you've made in your life, there may be an over like, excitement and joy to share this has happened. So I don't want to limit that in you, but it is progressive. You're born to be filled, to be filled again, to be refilled repeatedly. So there are two types of tongues, and you'll see this Paul, it's a very confusing, I find, subject. He uses chapter 12 and chapter 14 to talk about tongues. And he talks about it in the context of building up the body. And the emphasis for him is he cares more about the tongue that builds up the body because I guess in terms of spiritual gifts, that's where his heart is. Paul cares so much that we would build up one another rather than simply build up ourselves personally. Not that that is wrong, and Paul talks about that too. The fact is, when you're personally using a tongue, it edifies yourself so that you grow in faith with, your, with Jesus, you know? And so hopefully part of that equips you to loving the church family, which I'll share later. So if you've got your Bible still, turn to chapter 14. This is still Paul talking. Just going to read the first four verses to show you how much Paul cares about building up the family. Follow the way of love. The last chapter 13 is all about love. Haven't got an opportunity to talk about that now. And eagerly desire, eagerly desire. Another version says, be ambitious. Desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Isn't that interesting? Out of the nine, he says prophecy is the one to especially go after. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. 
But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. It's so clear here that not only Paul, but the Holy Spirit himself wants to give gift upon gift upon gift amongst us as a church family to build one another up, to build up others. And so to land, to respond to this, I have to answer, or at least try and answer the question, well, how do I build up others? How do I eagerly desire these gifts? Well, the answer is in verse 1 of chapter 14. It says, follow the way of love. The way of love is also the way of the Holy Spirit. At the end of John's Gospel, chapter 21, Peter is reinstated. Peter denies even knowing Jesus three times before Jesus is crucified. But when the risen Jesus comes back, he comes back to Peter and he asks three times, do you love me? But if you look at the first time he asks him, he says, do you love me more than these? Now, people question what these are. I believe they're the disciples, not the fish he was going fishing for. But he wasn't using that context to say, do you love me more than the disciples love me? No. No, I don't think so. I think, actually, Jesus was asking Peter, do you love me more than you love the disciples? And let me get to you on this one. This is interesting. Because the three times Jesus asked, do you love me, after Peter responds, Jesus says, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. He doesn't say, love them more. He says, do you love me? So you, you see, in my understanding, I'd be like, how do I love people more? How do I love people more? Help me love people more. And Jesus says, love me. Do you love me? And so as we come to respond, maybe for some of you, we'll be asking for the gift of the Holy Spirit in the first place just to come into your life. But for those who are asking, again, which is a good thing, to desire the Holy Spirit to fill you and fill you with gifts and give you a gift even today to edify somebody else amongst us in this time together, it's really important that we realize actually the Holy Spirit helps us love Jesus. That's what he exists for, to shape us, to mold us, to make us, to be more like Jesus, to glorify him. So as we just reflect in our hearts right now, Toyin, I'm going to ask you to come up, wherever you are, at the back. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, how can I follow you the way of love? Would you fill me again, or fill me for the first time, that I may love Jesus, and in doing so, get Jesus' heart for my brother and sister, or even to witness and to evangelize. What we're going to do, just to be clear, we're going to take some time now, just as I said, there's an order to the way God allows things to happen. We're going to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill us. to remind us to follow the way of love. And then in a moment, 
following that, the band are going to lead us in a song that continues to minister the heart of being filled. Now, please don't get too stuck in your head. Just follow the way of love. But after that song, we're going to give an opportunity to actually build one another up to see what the Holy Spirit might say, might show, might impress on our hearts, might make us think, and simply share that word with somebody else. So just to encourage you and to help us in that position of being willing, would you all stand, if you're willing, if you can? I'm just going to lead us in prayer, and then just allow the Holy Spirit to minister through this next song. Heavenly Father, we ask right now for the gift of your Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit to freely move amongst us right now. We thank you your Holy Spirit isn't just with us, but you are in us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, will you come and fill us afresh. Fill every open heart here right now, Lord. Fill us that we may love Jesus in our growing love for you, Jesus, that you would give us a heart for others, our brothers and sisters, and you'd fill us with your spirit and even gifts, spiritual gifts, to build up, to feed those on my left and right. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.